Good morning. Um, the scripture reading for today is from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and you will cause, and will cause flesh to come over you and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to, this, to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he had commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Beautiful haircut, by the way. Love it. <laughs> Michael Holloway, everybody. <clears throat> Hi. Hi. My name is Steve Weens. I'm the senior pastor here at this uh, lovely church. And uh, I was on vacation this last week, and I was speaking elsewhere and sick kids, so I feel like I haven't really been here that much, and I've missed it. So hello. Hello. Uh, this text, Ezekiel 37, is from the lectionary. You know, we follow the Revised Common Lectionary around here, and it may seem like an odd Lent text. Um, but I want to ask the question, so we do all plays here at Genesis, and all plays are designed to hear the voice of the chorus, because it's so much better than the voice of the solo. Uh, so, and the question is, when do the bones actually live? When do the bones live? When they have breath. Ruach is the word for breath. It also means spirit. The word for breath is the same as the word for spirit. It doesn't become alive when the flesh comes back together and even when they're walking around. It comes alive when the spirit of God is breathed into them. And that's our story. That is the story that we live and breathe by, that we are not... Uh, alive because of some clever strategy or hard work on our part, amen? We live because we are breathed into by the very breath of God. And what God has been doing since the big train wreck in Genesis 3 is God has been restoring that which is broken. God has been seeing the broken and dead bodies lying all around us. And God has been restoring them, 
but also inviting God's people to be a part of the restoration work. I think it's interesting that Ezekiel is uh, invited into the story. Ezekiel is the one that speaks out that these bones should live. And so today we're going to be invited into something uh, very special. Today you're going to hear from three people who God has invited to see death and hopelessness. And in varying degrees, it's broken their hearts. They've also been invited to become part of the restoration process, to see life breathed back into dead bones and dead places around the world. They're going to share with us what they see. And then they're going to invite you to be a part of the restoration process. And so I want to invite you right now to open up your hearts. And this is the third year we've done this. We've worn orange and we've talked about clean water and we've invited you to be a part of it. And so I'm fully aware that some of you are scared to death to receive an invitation today. Okay. Let the fear be there. Just don't let the fear drive the car. It's there. Mm Mm-hmm. Be open to allowing God to show you what's broken and to show you how you could be a part of restoring that which is broken. Deal? Okay, I want to invite up Sinead Barry Lucas, John and Amber Crossland, and as, as they come up, please give them a warm round of applause. As they're coming up, um, World Vision actively partners uh, and builds partnerships and community engagement to bring clean water to people all around the world to help to create fullness of life for children in need. And Team World Vision invites people like you and me to run races that we think we can't run and finish in order to raise money to give communities in Africa access to clean water. So I was hanging out with Kyson Haynes today. Kyson's five, right? Imagine saying, Kyson, get your own glass of water, which I'm sure Stephen Heidi do many times during the day. But imagine (laughs) that the glass of water is not feet away, it's miles away. And it's through dangerous terrain. And knowing that he may not come back, that's what we're talking about. And these aren't kids over there. These are our kids in the global community. So that's why this is so important. So this is our third year of running with Team World Vision. 42 marathon runners from uh, Genesis have run. We have raised $85,756. That's clean water. Yeah, that's clean water for 1,715 people. Now this year, as John, John is the uh, captain of the team, as, as we've talked, we want to get that number, 1715, all the way up to 2,500 people that uh, have access to clean water. It's $50 per person. So our goal for this year, for 2017, is $40,000. That's aggressive. <laughs> uh, but we think, uh, we think we can do it. So let me launch in. Sinead, this is your full-time job, and you are relatively passionate about this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share the story when you first said yes uh, and ran your first marathon and then came on staff with World Vision? Yeah. Can and for me? Can, yeah, can we give her a mic? Sorry about that. I'm good at yelling. 
Good morning, Genesis. So great to be back with you uh, this morning. Uh, my story is very, very similar to most people's story, most people who run with Team World Vision. I was a non-runner. Uh, I was invited in back in 2010, and at first I was like, no way. I'm not interested. I had tried running before and uh, didn't really like any form of exercise. Um, but I was at a point in my life where um, I was just kind of generally unhealthy myself, uh, especially uh, mentally uh, and spiritually and emotionally, uh, dealing with depression and, and thought, okay, you know, maybe it would be a good idea if I, if I did something like this. And I, I really did want to do something for the sake of the poor. Um, so I decided, okay, I'll give this a shot. And it was kind of crazy when I started the plan. You know, it's a couch to 5K plan that you kind of start with. I really started to enjoy it. Like, I have this plan, and I'm seeing gradual progress, and I'm not competing with anyone. I don't have to be fast. Uh, but the most amazing thing that I saw happening was, like, here I am. I'm this busy mom. I've got three kids and a full-time job, but I'm finding space in my life to not only kind of take care of myself, but also hear from God in a pretty incredible way, and um, a place to speak to him and pray. Uh, sometimes the prayers are, oh, God, help me just get home today. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me get just to that next stop sign. Um, but sometimes the prayers are just about, you know, everyday life. Uh, often the prayers turned into um, prayers for children in Africa, which is something, honestly, I was not doing. I wasn't thinking about them. You know, in our culture, it's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. But now all of a sudden, when I'm out there and I'm experiencing a level of... Um, exertion. I'm thinking about them. I'm remembering them. When I come in from my house and I'm flipping on the faucet so easily, I'm remembering them. And that was really powerful for me. It put my life in perspective. It put their life in perspective on some level. Um, and, and so it became the spiritual journey for me. Uh, I finished my first race. It, it went horribly. <laughs> um, I, I thought, okay, I did my thing. I raised money for the poor. I ran the race. I finished. I'm done. I'm never doing that again. And uh, that wasn't the case, clearly. Um, it, I, that race was horrible, ironically, because I decided that at the beginning of the race, it was all about me, and I went out really fast, and I decided I'm just going to skip drinking water the entire time on an August day. I'll just run through the water stops. That's a rookie mistake. Yes. Uh, so without water. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was in rough shape. Uh, but anyway, since 2010, I've been doing this. I've run now several marathons. This has been the first thing in my life that has kept me consistently uh, working out in shape with a goal in mind, with a purpose, which is uh, honestly pretty powerful. And yeah, for the last two years, I've had the opportunity to partner with the, the greater church in the Twin Cities, uh, churches like Genesis, um, to continue to advocate for these children and to step out of our comfort zones for their sake. And uh, I believe really live into our Christian identity. Hmm. That's powerful. And quick follow-up question. Who's your favorite church that you've worked for? Oh, man. Oh, man. I tell you what. I was thinking this as I was driving over this morning. Like, I don't have favorites, but I love this church. Just like the amount of hugs that I've gotten this morning. And I hear it's your fault. I hear it's Haynes's fault. That's a culture create. Yeah. Um, I love this church. I really do. Yeah. Well, we love you, Sinead. Uh, <laughs> but answer the question. My favorite church right now at this exact moment is Genesis Covenant Church. Um, <laughs> okay, Amber, um, question for you. Okay. Uh, you went to Africa last year, and you met some of the kids. And I remember seeing all the pictures mm -hmm. on Facebook. And then we got together uh, shortly after you got back, and, and I saw and I heard the stories. 
Uh, and so talk about, can you tell a story about that trip that really gripped your heart? Yes. So small disclaimer first is that um, talking to my friends and family is not overwhelming for me. Sharing about Africa and Team World Vision is not hard. It's the 5,000 stories in my head <laughs> of what I saw and being able to pick one. Um, so I have some notes on my phone, and I have actually a picture that I'm going to keep looking at to help me stay on track. But in going to Africa, um, I knew before the trip that, because World Vision does this whole preparation thing before you go on a, on a, on a vision trip. So it's different than a, a mission trip, and that we are going to see what the money that has been fundraised by the runners here in the Twin Cities, how it's being used, how uh, World Vision is being an honorable steward of the money. Um, and so one of the things that was talked about a lot is when you see the need, you're overwhelmed with a desire to, to share the need with others, to come back and talk about it. And you can't help but get involved. And you may want to say no. You may want to think that it's one race. And then you'll move on to something else. But you can't, because you keep getting pulled back. Um, I prayed to have eyes to see, but I was terrified that I would have eyes to see. I prayed that my heart would be broken, and I was afraid that it would. I was afraid of that helpless feeling of knowing that there is something incredibly wrong, and that I wouldn't be able to do something about it, or that my investment or our family involvement wouldn't be enough. So we're driving down this dirt road in Uganda, and we're going from the area where we sleep. And ironically enough, it's called a, a resort. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, comparatively speaking, it was. But uh, along the way, every morning to the uh, area development program where the water pipeline was implemented, which coincidentally, this water pipeline in this Belisa area of Uganda where we were, the cost of it, the overall cost was $340,000, which is the amount of money raised by Team World Vision in the 2014 Twin Cities Marathon. And this pipeline that I got to see um, provides water for over 6,000 people. So I got to see that we make a difference. But every morning on the way to the community and on the way back, we pass this one, um, it's smaller than a pond and it's bigger than a puddle. 
and it um, there is kind of a like an irrigation pipe that runs under the road. So there's something that's sort of feeding into this pond. And in the picture that I have, there's a mom filling her jerry can, which is a plastic container that they use to carry water. And it weighs about 40 pounds when it's full. And she has um, a long scarf wrapped around her to hold her baby so that she can use both hands to fill the container. And next to her is another child. And they're collecting water. And then a little bit to the side of them are two little kids that are bathing. And then about two feet behind them in the bushes, there's a bunch of clothes laid out. And um, somebody's tucked in the bushes, so they were washing their laundry. And depending on when we were coming or going, there might have been a goat drinking. So animals washing and bathing, collecting water for drinking and cooking are all happening in this giant mud puddle. And I can't not see that. And so, um, despite my fears of being brokenhearted and seeing and feeling helpless, um, I came back with this overwhelming desire to encourage John in however the Spirit leads him, which is kind of hard sometimes, I'm just going to tell you right now, because apparently he and the Holy Spirit have this connection that does not include me. I would have liked to have been looped in on this conversation. Um, I wanted to be the hands and feet. I wanted to represent our family, to represent our church, to represent Team World Vision. Um, And somehow, in my time, and I wanted to be respectful of, of, um, of my friends that I was going to meet. Uh, of these children of God, I wanted to be respectful and love on them. And I came back having been loved on, having been witnessed to, in such sweet, beautiful ways that I can't not see. Mm. And I know that when people say yes 
do something crazy. And they're brave and they ask their friends and their family for donations. I've seen the clean water and I've seen the difference it makes. Mm -hmm. Wow, thanks, Amber. Um, John, you were sitting out there a couple years ago and you heard this woman give one of the most electrifying sermons I've ever heard, and you said yes. Uh, talk about how, why you said yes and what that led to, and now you've run three or four marathons. Yeah. So I was sitting out there listening to Sinead speak uh, April of 2015, so two years ago, and Disclosure, I, I, the most I ever ran was one 10K race, and it was miserable. Uh, you know, I did a bunch of 5Ks before that. And so while Sinead was speaking about this, this huge need out there, uh, I was sitting there, and all I could hear in my head was this whisper of run. And, and I just batted that away. And I just kept batting that thought of run, run run. It got to the point in my head where I couldn't even hear what Sinead was saying because it was so intense. And I went, okay, all right. And so one big fear of mine was actually after she was done speaking and, and having a, you know, a more informational meeting afterwards was looking over at my wife saying, I think I want to do this. I, I think I have to do this. Uh, this, this voice inside of me, uh, and in fact, I couldn't even say the words like I want to stay, stick around to hear more about this uh, because it was so intense. I looked over at Amber, and she knew right away, looking in my eyes, she goes, you want to run, don't you? <laughs> and I said, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. That, that facing that fear of coming and, and listening and, and being a part of Team World Vision has changed my life. It's changed our relationship. It's changed how my family works. Um, it, it's been a spiritual and physical. Obviously, it's physical. Uh, but it, it's been so impactful uh, to know uh, that I am doing something for the greater good uh, Michael Chitwood, who started Team World Vision, uh, wrote in his book, Ability to Endure, that everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. Hmm. Everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. And when I read that, I went, wow. He's right. I, I'm, I'm closer to God. When I go on my, my training runs, um, every once in a while, I have this thought in my head of, of just different ways of praying, praying for other people, praying for my teammates, praying for us, praying for our church, praying for the kids of Africa. Uh, I, I never used to do that. It wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about doing that. So spiritually, it's been incredible. Um, and just, just seeing the community that's involved in just Genesis alone with Team World Vision and... and, and and the impact that it's, it's had on my different teammates who've, who've faced fear directly in the eyes. Marathon is no small feat. It's no, I've ran three marathons since April of 2015, and they've all been painful. 
mentally and physically. But like Amber said, I, I, I can't deny my own mental and physical pain knowing that the, what we're doing out there is for the greater good. And so uh, it, it's, it's had a tremendous impact. Yeah. Tremendous impact on, on my life. Uh, so amazing, John, and I've, I've watched you, I've watched you, uh, and your family, it's every race that I've been a part of, there are the Croslands, all four of them cheering and pom-pom and throwing silly string and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so Jacob and Haley, you guys are all part of this thing too. So hi, uh, John and Sinead, independently, you made the decision uh, to travel to Madison, Wisconsin this September. <laughs> Very independently, Amber says, but I know that's not true. Um, that, to run a different kind of race. Uh, describe first, John, and then we'll give it to you, Sinead, uh, the race that you're going to run this September. Yeah, so there's a couple of marbles loose in my head. <laughs> um, so Sinead and I and, and a handful of Twin Cities uh, individuals, and then even actually uh, mainly around the Midwest, there's about 41 of us that are going to run uh, the Ironman Madison race in, okay, now pause. in September. What an Ironman is, gang, is it's a 2.4-mile swim in open water, so 2.4-mile swim, followed by a 120-mile bike ride. 112. 112, yeah, sorry. We've got to keep it down. Right, okay. 250-mile <laughs> bike ride. That's, that's senior pastor language. We exaggerate everything. 112-mile um, bike ride. And then a 26.2-mile marathon, like continuously. That's what an Ironman is. So. Hence why the marbles are loose in the head. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is obviously um, another huge fear uh, of taking on a huge challenge. Uh, but, you know, for me... Doing this, I hope to inspire others to take on something that they're staring directly in their face, whether it's taking on a marathon uh, for Team World Vision, uh, because I'm fearful. I mean, we have to get that done within 17 hours. So we start at 7 a.m., and we have to cross the finish line by midnight. Uh, and so uh, it's intense. But here's why I'm doing it. Um, obviously, you kind of have a little bit tidbit of why I'm doing it, you know, from, from a a big perspective, um, but to really put it into numbers, I'm such a numbers guy. 2011, there was 1 billion people with lack of access to clean water, 1 billion. As of today, right now, it's 660 million. Okay? That's not right. That's not right for me to hear that number. 660 million individuals still have access to clean water Come up and take a look at this picture that Amber has. It's incredible. It breaks my heart. I believe with that trajectory that we will be able to see in my lifetime and hopefully all of yours as well, the end to that. Yeah. We can end this massive issue in this global world of ending this dirty water. I mean, the kids are drinking out of a, a dirty, filthy, where animals do their thing. 
And on top of it, they have to walk a 6K each way to go do that. And I'm thinking of my kids who are 12, almost 12, Haley, <laughs> and nine. And these are the kids that are doing that. And so I will put myself through a, a, a 15, 16, 17-hour day if I can bring awareness, if I can raise money. I have a huge goal. I want to raise $20,000 uh, for Team World Vision uh, in this. Uh, I believe I can do it. I don't know how. I, I'm trusting in God uh, along the way with that. And uh, I believe uh, that we can do this. But my ask is that look fear directly in the eyes. And some of you are being nudged right now, and it's scary. It's scary, scary, scary. But I need you to help me with this effort. It does make an impact. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. So some of you on, on, who are Facebook friends of mine have already seen this. This is one of my greatest donations ever. It says, I want, it says, Dear Dad, I want to give this to Team World Vision. I think it is the right thing to do. I don't need money, but someone else needs water. Love, Haley. With a $50 bill next to it on my nightstand. It was a complete surprise. That was just the other week. If that doesn't motivate me to get out there and do an Ironman. And then on top of it, Jacob uh, at the team, World Vision dinner right before the marathon. They were talking about sponsoring children. And after they were talking about sponsoring children, Jacob comes up and goes, hey, Dad, this is Ian. Ian's the same age as me. He likes math, just like me. I want to sponsor him. So what, what we are doing and all my teammates are impacting, making a difference. And so my ask as a friend is step out of that comfort zone, face your fear, say yes. It'll change your life. Mm. Wow, thanks, John. Sinead? Uh, yes. As you're running down the mileage, the mileages that we're doing, I'm getting this anxiety in my chest just hearing it again um, because it is. I mean, I get to kind of steer the ship here in the Twin Cities, and I'm asking people every single day um, to take on this this huge challenge. And um, for me to be back in this space where I'm experiencing such a great deal of fear um, and moving into it, um, it's a good place for me to be. I've, um, it's a really good place for me to be. For, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I said yes to the Ironman, uh, but one of them was just simply um, learning now, having been through this experience, to live in a place where I'm constantly dependent on God. And I don't, you know, it's easy for me to not live that way. I can be pretty self-sufficient, earn my own money, take care of myself and my family, and I'm good. Uh, this Iron Man, though, has me terrified. It, I mean, I'm telling you, it does. Um, <clears throat> but having the community, the people around me, uh, whether that be my teammates, uh, our churches, the, my friends and my family who support me financially, um, and pointing me back to Jesus, that allows me to step back into that and live in that, um, whatever the opposite of my comfort zone is. <laughs> it's here. Um, 
the other thing is that really inspires me, having now been to Africa two times, like Amber talked about, just the hope that these people have given me in my life and what I have seen that is being done, um, it is mind-blowing. Um, not just the suffering and the hardship, but oh my gosh, the stuff that these people are doing to change. I feel like my part is so small. I mean, you've got these... World Vision staff who live there, who work there, who are doing the work. Some of them were sponsored children um, growing up, and now they're serving their communities. Um, the way that they just give their whole lives to it with joy, and then what they're doing. Uh, the water project, the pipeline project that Amber talked about in Bulisa, for example, was designed by this woman from the uh, Bulisa, Uganda area. Her name is Carolyn, and she was fabulous. I mean, eight months pregnant, but dressed to the nines. Her hair is done. She's got this gorgeous dress on, but she is one of the smartest women I have ever met. Engineer, I mean, raised up through the World Vision System, got to go to school, got to go to college and become an engineer, and then come back to our community and design this water project. That was mind-blowing. I can't even describe the science behind it. It's so incredible. And it's like, I look at that woman, and I'm inspired. I'm, and, and so many hundreds of others that I've met like her that just blow my mind. And I'm like, yes, I will. I, I can do this. I can do more. And, and then the children, just the hope that they bring as well. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Well, Sinead, um, thank you. And I can feel you ramping up. So um, I want to say, I want to stoke that fire. So do what you do. Uh, invite us to 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 be a, to participate in this. Uh, what I know about Genesis, what I've come to know about all of you over the last couple of years, is um, what your passion for new beginnings and your passion for offering that not only for that coming to life in your own lives, but your passion for um, giving that to other people. And I've seen it. I've seen so many of you. Um, step outside of your comfort zones and start something new and allow for God to start something new in your life. And he does. And I've seen your communities rally around you and say yes to that as well. And, and man, we talk about 1,700 children getting a genesis in their lives. And, and when we're talking, I mean, we are talking a genesis. We're not talking about just water. What happens in the life of a child when they receive clean water, they receive a con like the entire fullness of life. When they're not walking for water for hours a day, when they're not sitting at home because they're so sick or their mom is so sick from this dirty and diseased water, like life just opens up. They can go to school now instead of having to walk for water every day. Women can now learn about economic development and starting businesses, do agriculture. We talk about health care. All those things spring out of water. And I love this verse. I didn't know you were talking Ezekiel today. Did we not? Ugh. Talking about dry bones and the breath. It's the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, I think, that that pushes us all into this. When we keep our eyes on Jesus and we look at him and what he ultimately did, the sacrifice that he ultimately made for us and realizing like it was for the joy set before him that he endured, I think we've all kind of come to realize that it was the joy set before us that we've been able to endure. The joy of knowing that lives are being transformed, 
families here in, in, on this side of the states are being transformed and families are being transformed in Africa. It's incredible. So I'm just going to echo <clears throat> what they have said. If you're feeling that nudge or that whisper, anything in you at all is wondering, can I do this? Can I do this? But you're nervous and you're scared. Guys, listen, that, that fear is real, but you are in such good hands with Team World Vision. I am so proud to be a part of this organization. We have seen over 30,000 people just like you who have never run a 5K in their life. 30,000 people, all ages, all sizes and shapes, all stages of life, from teenagers up to 70-year-old retirees, but they step through fear and we see them cross that finish line with like tears just streaming down their face because they remember how they felt right here, right now, and the fear. But those fears were absolutely shattered the moment they crossed that finish line. That's what we have in store. So if you are sensing a desire or a call from, or no desire at all, but you're feeling like, maybe I should, um, right after the service today, we're going to meet right down front for like 10 minutes, tops. And we're going to quickly go give you some information, give you some encouragement, um, and help you cross that line of fear together as a team. And I am just so excited about what God has in store for this team again this year. And these guys are like some of my best friends in the whole wide world. So I just wanted to say that. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. So there it is. Um, you've heard about a situation in our world that just is not right. And you've seen the dry bones. And we've heard, hopefully, the spirit of the living God speak to us and say, uh, speak to those bones so that they may live. And my spirit, the Ruach of God, will rush into those bones. Uh, and it really is the, it's, it's the Eucharist cycle. There's the bread and the cup right there, and the body is broken, and the blood is is poured out for many so that they may live. And then we come back together and we receive the Eucharist. We put the body back together. We pour the blood back in so that we can go back out into the world and have the body broken and the blood poured out. And that's the story of the dependence of God, on, on God that we have, amen? Mm-hmm. That's our story. It's not a power over story. It's a story that those who wanna see life around us Follow the example of Jesus, whose body was broken, whose blood was poured out, and who was sustained by the very living God and the spirit within. Amen? So let's move into, a, move into the prayers of response. We'll do this together. And then we'll move into a moment of silence where God can speak, where we can notice where God has loved us and where God is inviting us into.